This is episode 193. I punch my mind in the face. <laughs> I'm looking at GIFs. I'm not paying attention to what you're doing at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you live somewhere. It's the tone Where? control. <laughs> Coming at you, where you live or don't. This time it worked pretty well. It, well, yeah, honestly, we, we, we <laughs> I had really, it's so funny. I did a bunch of work on the setup and, and it really is. I think it's good. I think we've hit on something that's going to work well. Um, it's easier for me to manage and it seems to be easier for my computer to manage. And in my head, I was thinking, I'm not going to say anything about that. I'm just going to do a regular. i pretty sh- severe deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I wasn't going to say, I, anyway, you, you brought it. So, okay. Anyway, it's, a, welcome to the, you know what? Welcome to the tone control. Um, <laughs> this is, a, this is what we do. Yeah. We spend uh, 15 minutes talking about how the system never works. Then we just make it happen anyway. And then we talk about some guitars. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm coming in hot. I'm coming in hot. I'm pretty frazzled right now. I just like yeah. came home from doing stuff out in the world. I've had a really insane week. Work has been bonkers but like good bonkers mm-hmm. and uh, just inhaled some dinner and flew upstairs to start this godforsaken podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just feeling, you know, this, feeling. this thing happens to me. It happened to me earlier today, actually, when like everything sort of happens at once and yeah. you got to, you get really flustered and like you're rushing a bunch of stuff and then you can chill. But like my brain or my body is not ready to chill yet. So it's still like, ah, ah. Ah, ah, you know, things are happening, yeah. ah. but there's nothing that we're you. good. It's fine. So it, all, all is, all is, uh, seems to be fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> thriving on your energy. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. There's, there's stuff to talk about. I have a pedal there. I'm out there. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I, I have a new t-shirt. Check my, check my t-shirt. Is it beer? Yeah. Which way is my camera? Awesome. We, we, this is from our trip uh, several weeks ago now um, to the mountains and the, walking around that town, there was a shop that just like thinks up and prints T-shirts or whatever, uh, <laughs> I guess. Like that's their their game. Uh, cool little shop. So I went in there and browsed around and obviously it was like, oh, I found you. This is the one. This is the Love one it. for me. So anyway, yeah, beer. And uh, the the story goes, I picked this up and I showed it to Marielle. And I was like, this is it. I found it. And she was like, huh. But I could tell she didn't get it. And it took her <laughs> at least three full minutes. Great. Before she put Great. it together. So, yes. It's um, the classic beer, beer, bear with antlers. <laughs> it's a bear with antlers. It says beer. Yeah. Um, for the, <laughs> right. Cause I showed it to the, to the camera. Yeah. Well, cause we're YouTubers now, um, which I think <laughs> is great. I have thought is, I, I like doing the show better this way. It actually makes post-production easier cause I'm just doing it all on the fly. Cause who cares? Um, but 
um, even though we don't have like a, a big following on YouTube, it's it's accessible in such a different way. And mm-hmm. I think so, they were even talking about it in Discord, like Discord is really immediate communication with us and interaction and stuff like that. But but YouTube is without people having to go to Discord, like people comment on YouTube videos in in much a different way it's, than yeah, they ever it's do part with of podcasts. The, the, right, commenting on YouTube videos is part of right. YouTube. Like it's part of the platform. It's why you go there in some yeah. capacity. So yeah, I mean, Discord is is more like come come in, come to the inner sanctum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come to the inner sanctum. <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. Um is there is there any more tales from the crypt here? I don't know why I said that, but is there <laughs> Just do that. Is there any more oh. uh, So, what, I guess What we, other news we, have we? The the other news that I want to mention is that the next episode, 194, is going to yep. be uh, different in some way. I can't. I couldn't tell you how yet, but <laughs> because um, did you forget what you were saying, or are we just making this? No, up right no, no. Now? Because like because for for the uninitiated, like Justin and I live hundreds of miles away from each other, um, but we're we're going to be friendcationing together, and we're meeting yeah. in the middle of our respective homes, and. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're meeting between so, our respective homes, not not in the middle of them. It puts the T in subtle. Yes, a correct <laughs> <laughs> a correct a correct analysis, Justin. So, yeah. the, but the next time, like we're going to be away on vacation during yeah. record week, so we got to figure out a fun thing to do, maybe for right. that. So, so um, we're imagining that the internet is going to be fine and we might just set up something in the room. Hadn't thought of that. Good point. Okay. Um, I think it might just be, <laughs> I think we might just do it almost normal, except we're both going to be on one camera or something. Yeah. I mean, I can bring a computer or an iPad or something and do the separate camera thing. We can sit across from each other. Oh. Maybe. Um, mm. Also our wives will be present. Yep. So maybe it's the wife control. I don't know. Yeah. We, we mentioned the wife control to them. Um, Marielle is pretty convinced that she never wants to do a podcast for more than like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Okay. We'll see how long we can get her. I know you guys uh, loved the the wife control. Boy, the gifts are just outstanding tonight. Well done. You know what it is? We've got a new patron in the chat. Yeah. And he's really just bringing the energy. Everybody's hyped, you know, like mm-hmm, let's just get mm-hmm. the gift game going. <laughs> so, right on. <laughs> what did he say before we got started? I can't wait to experience the buttoning. <laughs> or, or something like that. Yeah. Something Imagine that if you'd only heard the buttoning and you've never seen it. You know, boy, what this guy's a, about to experience a, the butts for the first time. What a juicy mystery! You can only experience the butts for the first time once. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, let's let's. Uh, are we good to move on? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Let's let's play our first guessing game. Okay, so it's a bass pedal. I this is no, one of mine. I'll tell you right now. No idea. None. Okay. No idea. So some kind of. Um, is it a dark glass? I'm just gonna throw it's it. It's a dark out glass. There. Yep. It's oh, the alpha, all right. Let me keep going. Wait. Omic- oh. oh. <laughs> I, I thought you. It. I'm sorry. <laughs> I blew it. I blew it. Um, okay. Okay. Anyway, first up, what? Are, why am I looking at YouTube comments? Yeah. So, 
like Justin said, we're YouTubers now, which <laughs> as as a platform is just so different than podcasts. I just realized we, I just have the rest of my feed on here. I hope there isn't anything <laughs> embarrassing in there. It's all tone control stuff. It's like it's like computer <laughs> nerd crap and tone control stuff and some space. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, so because like YouTube just works and feels differently than so yeah. many like podcasts for me still occupy such a space of my headphones are in my car, you know, it's something like that. It's, it's not, I don't go to YouTube to listen to or watch podcasts, but that's the thing that people do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're getting a little more interaction at a different level over there, which is really fascinating to me. Um, and the most recent episode had more comments than any video we've posted so far, which is awesome and very gratifying and, and rewarding for me anyway. Cause like we just went in with the video thing and here it is kind of working. Right. So that's fun. Yeah, Uh, but we so the last episode 192, we talked about the discovery analog delay from Sir, and Kevin Sir just wrote us a message on YouTube, kind of (laughs) getting into it, explaining some uh, some of the design decisions and the the cost, and really what we're talking about in the segment on 192 is the cost. So if you're not familiar, that was sort of our stop our stop point. Yeah. In our conversation last um, episode, you know, really yeah. like obviously it's a powerful d- delay ecosystem. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but the, but the, co- and, and oh, did he write us such a nice letter? Yeah. So if you're not familiar, Sir released an analog delay pedal that is intensely featured. It's, it's got, it's got everything you want and could ever need. Uh, it's 550 bucks, and that's kind of what we were talking about. Like, that's a lot of money yeah. for a pedal, no matter what the type. Uh, we did some comparisons on price. Like, it's, you know, $100 more than this or that. It's $50 less than something like the HX Stomp. And, you know, you mm-hmm. uh, my whole point of this is, like, you kind of get into this this dollar amount, and you're allowed to look at other gear in a different way, so to speak. Not allowed to, but like you, you kind of tip into like a different category of equipment after a certain threshold hmm. on, on kind of whatever you're looking at, whether it's guitars, like if you're looking at a thousand dollar guitar and then somebody comes at you with a $5,000 guitar and then you're looking at that, well, that's like a, a majorly different thing. So anyway, right. Uh, Kevin, sir here says he enjoyed our chat about the pedal and, and I'm not going to read this entire thing because it's, it's a few paragraphs long, but it's in the comments section of 192. So go check it out if you're interested. But he he makes a good point that the stuff we were comparing it to, with the exception of the Art Van, is all DSP or digital signal processing right. based circuits or, or pedal designs. And the Discovery just isn't that. So it's not really a fair comparison. And I would totally agree. So I did, I did, it did not occur to me when we were talking about it. But I mean, we I th- did we did directly talk about that DSP is, is how other companies yeah. are doing this essentially for less. Yeah. But, but that's, th- that's the crux of it, right? It's, it's, um, you know, this, what he built does cost this much. It's not artificial or something. Oh, totally. Like, as he yes. outlines very clearly, like these are the things, the physical things he's putting in here. And that's why the cost is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so, and so then it becomes like, well, and then I I noticed like looking at the rest of these comments, like uh, people ran out and bought this and were excited yeah. about it. Like they oh, said, yeah. "What's the price? Take my money." And so so that's that's what it was for me. Is like I think 
his comments and our comments both still stand, right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think we're all kind of in violent agreement here that like, mm-hmm. um, it's, I, and, and I, I was going to say, you know, to Kevin also, like, it makes this a luxury item, right? It's like, it's like getting that last five or 2% or whatever of the tone, like getting that, that very detail that, you know, if you're the person who has to have that and then it's a luxury, it's not, it's not, um, good enough to do the job. It's not good Mm -hmm. enough to do the job to 99% of the people out there. We want the 1% person. It has to be good enough for the 1% person. That's the luxury item. And that, that costs this much to produce. Yeah. And he points out that like, it's the cost of doing business to make this pedal. These chips cost that amount. The case costs this much. It's just expensive, and that's just how it is. Perfectly acceptable. I'm yeah. down with that. Um, I think I'm really interested in the conversation about this like final 2% of tone kind of thing. Yeah. And the what do players, what do guitar players need versus want? Because those are super different. There's a lot of overlap, but they are different. Mm-hmm. And like how and how you justify that to yourself as the player is a total moving target and it's really different for everybody. So there's no correct answer here. For me, like I said last time, the Strymon timeline checks all my boxes because I want the presets, I want the um the the variety of delay sounds, you know, not just analog or not just digital or or whatever. Right. It it does analog when I want it and it does it enough. And it's a few bucks cheaper than this thing. And it does what and I wanted to do. So it's still extremely powerful and and mm-hmm. and extremely high end. And um, I think that's why, in in some senses, it is a fair comparison because if you're thinking of like the high end of delay systems, it's right. going to be that, that's kind of what I was trying to say last time. Right. It, these two things are in the same category. Now, there's a detail that separates them, and you know, it's it's not to say that the cost of one is unjustified. It just might be unjustified for certain people, and clearly, it's totally justified for s- certain other for people. For tons as, of people, yeah. yeah, for tons of people who who were like, I saw it on this show, or heard this discussion about it, or on another show, or whatever. I, I uh, you know, and yeah, and just yeah. had to have it ordered it right there on the spot. So Yeah, this is great. solving a problem for a lot of people or or not a solving a problem, but is a solution in the delay <laughs> pedal space That's very for business so many speak. <laughs> You know what I mean though? Like for so yeah. many players like they've been kind of waiting for this. Maybe they didn't know it. But the, like this is the thing that everybody has wanted for a long time, so that's perfect for that. Yeah. Um but that's I think exactly it's exactly what solving a problem in a business sense means, too. That's what the Yeah. 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 Um so I think, though, with that final 5 to 1% of tone, in the type of setting that I'm playing in a lot, or not even a lot, but the type of setting that I'm playing in with my band and practice spaces and shows and like maybe the band next door is practicing too, that 2% gets absorbed into all of those other factors, right? It, it's such a small variable. O- overwhelmed like, by the shape of the room even, yeah. Overwhelmed by a different venue, by a different mic on my cab, like that kind of thing. And I, I, I don't know, um, I wouldn't, if I was in a studio environment and really focusing on the specifics of those tones for a recording, then yes, I wouldn't even be having this conversation. But yeah. I, don't, I don't nitpick my tone that much for live because it is so variable. Um, and I, I personally would not want to 
like get into the the nitty gritty with something like the discovery only to go to a show and it's not what I expected or not what I wanted anymore because of rooms and because of mics and because of whatever. Well, so, okay. But you know what, to clarify that though, I, I don't think you would be, dis- anyone, no one would be disappointed by the discovery because right. they're in a room that sounds right. Because if you're in a room that kind of means you can't tell the difference between the discovery and something that's 95% as good, then or DSP, you're also let's say like right then yeah. you're also in in a room where you can't tell the difference between the Strymon and a pedal that's 95% as good as the Strymon so but it doesn't mean they sound bad every other you know the the other delays would would be you'd be in the same boat things things mm-hmm. are just a little less precise at the listening environment so it, it's not it becomes imperceptible in those rooms it doesn't mean that the sound is bad it's just the differences become imperceptible Right. In those last no, sliver yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, yeah, so th- that's the only thing. You said the word disappointment, and I was like, no, you're not going to be disappointed. But no, like, I wouldn't be disappointed have, in the tone. I think I would be disappointed that I uh, I had dialed it in so out. precisely. <laughs> no, no, that like I had taken the time maybe to really craft hmm. a sound, and then that detail of the craft is lost. Yeah, so if somebody uh, has a cheaper yeah. delay on the other side of the room and you have this one and you can't quite tell the difference in that setting, that would be a disappointing setting for that situation. I, this will, no, it's not about like the cost at that point, but I mean like if you're you're spending the money because it does these certain things really specifically yeah. and you're you're dialing in tones with that level of specificity with that last 2% of tone idea mm-hmm. and then that kind of gets lost in the wash, like... It's, it sort of just reminds me that that's what I mean by like what's important to the player, right? And yeah. what's important to players is different in every setting and in every band and in every environment. So I love this conversation though of like what's important to people and why, especially with right. guitar stuff, because so much of what makes this whole industry work and it's why this podcast happens is because of the stuff that only other guitarists care about. Yeah, it, well, and and you you mentioned um, like in a studio as as an analog to hit my microphone as as a like a, in a comparison to a studio environment where you would be able to focus on that, and that's where we see this kind of thing a lot, where it's like, well, here's a clone of expensive item, and here's expensive item. Now mm-hmm. let's dial in. Like, yeah, we can tell the difference now blind ourselves from which is which and do a mix with either or do a recording with either and is one really better than the other most of the time you end up with like if you if you sample people you end up they pick them 50 50 it's like a coin toss who who, who's going to prefer what but that's the audience that's not the player and so somebody might still you know even if you're not blinded to it like i know this is a real discovery pedal this isn't an emulation of the bucket brigade Mm -hmm. that idea might be inspiring enough that you actually do your music better. Um, That's not useless. Uh, So Right. And this conversation has been going on since the advent of any sort of cloning technology, whether it be Podfarm or Helix or Kemper or anything like that. Everyone's been like, well, can you hear the difference? Well, we can hear a difference. Yeah. Copying a circuit with cheaper parts. Yeah. 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 You can get kind of close most of the time, you know, and And it's like. Right. So like. (laughs) I forget what we were talking about in the chat like a week or two ago, but it, it is effectively the same thing. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. if 
you got to weigh all the other factors of convenience. Like with something, again, with like Helix, right? It is, you throw it in a backpack, you plug it in and you're done. It yeah. is, that's a major convenience thing. It sounds of effective. Multi, of the whole multi-effects scene. Yeah, yeah. And it's effectively the same. And we're talking about a, a small amount of tone loss. If you want to look at it that way, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, or just preference but, to the way you work, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's those, I keep kind of circling around this thing, but like <laughs> what matters to players? And and the thing is the discovery, like I said, would have a, an amazing time in my house. I would have so much fun with it. However, yeah. I can't justifiably purchase it for all right. the things that we've kind of mentioned. And because when I'm playing in my my band in a storage unit made of stone, I'm not really concerned with the specificity of my delay tone. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? Sorry. I don't know why that was so funny. We're playing in the basement of a self playing in the basement of a self-storage unit in the old mill yard here. And it's like literally stone walls. And it's it's a harsh sounding place. So I'm not like it is not an environment to be concerned with such things. We're there to uh-huh. practice, we're there to write songs, we're the, you know, you're not yeah. really thinking about the gear as much in that kind of environment. So anyway, this is all to say. Kevin's response was very thorough and very well thought out and like passionate. And I, I like mm-hmm. that he bothered to explain the differences between the discovery and things like Art Van or things like Nemesis and right. kind of draw some parallels. And it's it's such an interesting conversation because it's the cost, like I said, it's the cost of doing business to make the discovery, but it's not the cost of business to make a delay pedal. Right. But and that's why his is this way. Yeah. And it's not just any delay, right? It's a, it's, yeah. It, that, and that's why our previous conversation is still valid, right? Like, yeah. if you're, if you're saying I need a delay pedal, well, here's what you got to know about this one. Right. You know, like, right. and this might be the one for you, but boy, if this is your first time out, I yeah, suggest get a, a DD3, you know? You know, and, and yeah. like Eric in the Eric, who's not here tonight, but Eric just bought a friend and patron of the show got a Boss DD3 for like mm-hmm. eighty bucks. You know, and it's like it's a digital delay. It does one thing really well, and that's it, and that's fine. And and you sort of, it's the you know the reason the Telecaster is still so fucking popular because it's just a simple thing. It's just a, it does the thing. It does one that's job, and it's it's unchanged and. It's this like higher order thinking problem of like guitar gear and why we like what we like, but you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. Go read the comment. It's it's go very well articulated, and and I really appreciate Kevin chiming in because I didn't know a lot of this. Yeah, I'm glad I do now. Well, it's it's a massive detail that doesn't play very well in um, advertisement copy, yeah. right? But like, woo, and to hear it from the so we super appreciate you, Kevin. T- telling us about this and um Derek replied to him earlier and some some other people there's some other comments and stuff mm-hmm. um anyway come come by the video read read what's in the pedal because you know if if you're into this level of de- delay pedal then this matters oh and dude, send yeah. him and send him a reply saying hey thanks for posting this because it helped me out you know because I yeah if you're in the if you're in the analog delay game look no further like <laughs> yeah. obviously this is a top tier thing and no one's debating that and i just want to make it clear that i don't think i don't think the pedal is overpriced that's not the from point from that like button <laughs> <laughs> i don't i do not think the discovery is overpriced but that's a, a, an important distinction from costly right yeah. so 
It do you caught, think, like, so, no, you, you re-listened to our segment. Did we say it was overpriced? No, no, no. Okay. But I don't want it to come I off that we, way. I worried we might have. <laughs> no, but we did say like, guys, this is expensive. It's a lot of and money. And so whatever that means to you, really take that yeah. to heart, I think. So yeah. Yeah. that's that's my whole point. If you're like, this is the pedal I need because it checks all these boxes and I want it and yeah. whatever, then yeah, fuck yeah, man, get it. It's going to be so it. fun. However, if you're like, well, I just want to delay for a little bit of backing thing and it doesn't matter to me how it sounds, then, well, you can you know, <laughs> get a GT3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, overpriced does not equal expensive, does not equal costly, I think, also. So just yeah. little things. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. Um, all right. Uh, let's go on, right? Let's. let's do it. All right, next thing up. Okay. That sounds like a Justin demo. I've never it, played it prob- that in my life. Probably, probably was. Is Any a ideas? Pedal? This is a pretty old one. Um, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I should look it up. Uh, is let's it see. The, is it Red Witch? No, I, I didn't. It's Red not Witch. Red Witch. It's a boost I, pedal. It's a, it was what? a boost pedal. <laughs> I, apparently, I was playing a boost pedal. It's, oh the, my it's Lord. the Prism from Jackson. Oh. Wow. Jackson Audio Prism. I remember that pedal. Two fifty nine ninety five at Guitar Center. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a boost. Turns out I didn't even look it up when I picked that sound out. <laughs> I just try to get something that I haven't played in in a number of episodes. Yeah. Holy crap! Um, um, dig them out. Hmm. Jackson Audio used to make amps, and now they make pedals and stuff, and they they do some cool things. But uh, it's got but, like a bunch of EQ things. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, um, we're we're on to this now. Um, new from EVH, 5150 Iconic. Yeah. 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 Justin, talk to yeah. me about the 5150. All right. The 5150 is a guitar amp, okay? And um, it's iconic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So... I mean, to talk to me about like the legacy of the 5150. Well, the 5150 is, this is, um, I get this mixed up with, with something else. Is this the, the, the Van Halen one? Yes. Are you confusing it with the 6505? Yes. Same amp. Same amp. Okay. So I'm getting it confused on purpose. So, so what happened was, (laughs) as far as I understand it, the, the 5150 was made by PV, right? Um, eventually, oh, it was like a like, marketing problem. Right? Yeah, it was so like, like a, license, a, yeah. a contract ended, something like that. Um, EVH himself went to Fender, taking the fifty one fifty name in, I believe, two thousand five, mm-hmm. and uh, PV for some anniversary kept the circuit and rebranded it the sixty five oh five for like they got started in nineteen sixty five. It's the oh five anniversary. Okay. They made it you their know, own and thing. They made it their own thing. And since then, of course, the circuits have diverged, right? The the sixty five oh five there's all this shootout stuff. Sixty five oh five plus fifty one fifty three, like those right iterations. They're different amps now. Yeah. However, sixty five oh five early ones, I think everyone kind of agrees. I don't know a ton about this, but they're fifty one fifties. EVH is now its own brand, which is part of Fender. So right, okay. Fender is now making through EVH the fifty-one fifty iconic, and I With think the, it kind the of original engineer James Brown. 
Right. So from PV, um, the fifty one fifty, the original is like, it's the one. You know, it, it is the high gain yeah. amp. So well, I see people. I see plenty of metal people will say that about sixty five oh five as well. Yeah, but same amp. Arguably, the same amp. Yeah. Right. So right. Well, okay. So I'm not. I would not expect them to sound uh, radically different um, from each other. But here we have new wallet friendly mm-hmm. EVH. 5150 iconic amp range. So is I iconic is the new thing, right? That's that wasn't iconic, just a joke yeah. I made. Uh it's both. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? So it's an affordable version of the the original 5150 circuit. Mm-hmm. Um Doug is is getting in here telling us we're super wrong about the 6505. <laughs> I mean, so this really? is the thing. Like they're they're not I'm not saying they're exact clones because obviously they are different, but it's when you get into the minutia of amp versions, you know, <laughs> I'm almost like giving him a hard time, wrong. but yeah. <laughs> so anyway, these, these new EVH amps, they're saving some money by using things like MDF and plywood blends instead of Baltic birch cabinets. Excuse me. How can that save that much money over the, over the cost of a big amp like this? And this I'm is not an 80 really sure. Head. Yeah. Yeah. Not really well, sure. Well, I guess it's combos um, as well. It's, so, yeah, okay, let's go back. You can get it in a 1x12 combo that's 40 watts, or you can get it in an 80-watt head. There's also okay. a 4x12 cab. Uh, I, I meant to look this up. I didn't yet. The 4x12 cab, I, like obviously the, the, the material your head is made out of is irrelevant. So the whether cab that's, might be relevant. Yeah. The cab is relevant, though. And I think so even with the combo, it is, it is relevant then. So mm-hmm. they're making the cabs out of, out of MDF, and that cab is only 500 bucks. Like, yeah. Can yeah. you expect the cab to be good? I don't know. Um, so custom-designed EVH 12-inch Celestians. Does that okay. mean it's not the same Celestian that would be in the non-iconic range 5150 cab? You yeah. know, because they're not saying, they're not, I, I don't read this right here as a model number. Do you, like 12-inch Celestian EVH? Mm-mm. No. Um, um, so the combo has two JJ6L6s and two 12AX7s, and the head uses... Four 6L6s, also JJ's, yeah, and still JJ's. two 12AX7s. Um, two channels on each of these. It's got a built-in noise gate, uh, which is, and, and sorry, and a foot-switchable 10 dB boost. So two channels. Each of those channels has like an overdrive range to it. Mm-hmm. So you can get into the, on the clean, you know, air quotes, clean channel. You can get into that uh, crunch territory. And then the yeah. overdrive channel, the distortion channel has what they call like a burn switch or something like that, which is just for like scorching leads. Mm-hmm. So extra 10 dBs on top. So mm-hmm. yeah. The, and then the typical, uh, base mid treble and then, um, presence, they, right? they, well, they have resonance and presence The all these oh, interesting. Okay. 6505s and 5150s always had that. I think they always do. They always do when I see them. Um, there's a gif of a guy lighting his hand on fire. Okay. Wow. Um, anyway. Um, so the head is 900 bucks. The combo is 800 bucks and the cab is 500. Like we said earlier, um, I always find, uh, combo versions of amps like this to be really weird. 
<laughs> like they're perfectly fine, but it's so it just does not sit with my brain. Watt? No, well the, the, the combo combos, isn't combos forty watts, but I I never really think of like quintessential modern metal amp tones coming from a combo. That's all. It's stupid way to think, yeah. but it just kind of looks funny to me. Hmm. Well, okay. I mean, it's it's different to have a half stack. Mm-hmm. And and a, a a louder, more powerful amp. It is different. It might not be like you can't use the combo. You know, you can't get a screaming metal tone from a combo, but but there are differences. Now, I I have recorded some wild metal tones out of a small Mesa combo instead mm-hmm. of a half stack. But I don't know. But there I don't know. There there are differences. I mean the the oh, yeah. triple rectifier sounds different. You know what I mean that than the smaller versions of the rectifier. So yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Exactly. (laughs) I just think like it looks a little silly, but it does, it is going to react differently to your playing and, and, and to what you're going for. So not to mention that like cabs are just a whole other realm of this whole thing we do. And, and the construction of those cabs, the speakers in them, you know, just look at and, impulse responses alone and that people c- you can collect, yeah. you know, and how drastically those can change your tone in something like Neural DSP or Helix or but that's whatever. But that's, that's incorporating uh, uh, microphones and stuff too. Like whenever you're that's dealing true, with that's true, impulses yeah. is, is kind of different than like from a, from a zoomed out place, um, cab for me starts at volume level. Like what, what am I trying to do with mm. this amp? You know, if I'm half stacking, it's because I want that. Um, anywhere that's going to be able to use a microphone, I think basically probably that's irrelevant. And now it's like, mm-hmm. now what do I want it to actually sound like at any volume? Hmm. Um, anyway, that's that's how I would think about it. I, I don't know if that's the end of it's the so, story. but It's funny because like back to impulses for just a second. Yeah. When you swap cabs in helix from like a 112 to a 412 the level of course doesn't change right so so like you're only hearing the other do- you're assuming yeah. it's normalized and assuming like the mic position was normalized right mm-hmm. and it's the same mic then that's then that's a pretty good way to get an idea of what the difference is mm-hmm. what do you think about what do you think you hear when you do that when i change the cab um well I generally think that four twelves because they're they're are they I was about to say usually aren't they always going to be closed back? Yeah. Whereas combos can go either way. Like I when I think of a combo sound, I'm I'm really thinking about the open back of the speaker, um, with that kind of like open looser kind mm. of thing. Whereas a a closed back has the maybe I'll say tighter low end response like the resonance and stuff mm-hmm. is is tighter and and less floppy seeming to me mm-hmm. um sometimes less bass overall compared to everything i, I don't know but that then you're so re- having to compensate yeah. for volumes and stuff it's so funny because when i think of a 412 in real life i do think of the sheer volume yeah it's just they're so loud and they can really kind of set the stage for you know just crushing volume um which which i think then for me anyway and a lot of what i'm up to i think the 212 is the ideal cab shape and size 
mm-hmm. for those reasons because it's not as loud, but it's still like it'll get it's, you where you need to go. It'll still cut your head <laughs> off if you ask it to. Yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what I think when I change it because I, I would have to normalize it myself amongst the the settings because like the yeah. Vintage 30 Mesa cab might be mic'd with a 57 stock. And then if you change it to the greenback variant, it might be mic'd with a Royer 121 stock. Right. And you'd have to like go in and tweak that. But we could do such a thing on a foot switch. So we could experiment with that sometime. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. Anyway, that's all. Li- just- Sometimes, yeah, we should do that. I'd love to hear Line 6's take on the difference where the only thing you're changing is the cab. Yeah. We could do it now. I've got it all here. I mean... Do we have time? Do we have time? Not really. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, How long does it take to, to tweak those things out? I'm going to run, couple, plug all, I'll plug all this in when about. we're going to talk about pedals so we can maybe touch on it then. Okay. Um, that's all. I just wanted to talk about the 5150. You don't see a lot of news about the 5150 yeah. lately, so I thought it was a cool thing to mention. And mm-hmm. it is like awfully affordable for uh, an amp in that kind of range. So yeah. check it out. Uh, the for 5150 sure. Iconic. All right. Um, in that case, I think it is time to switch to Pedal Genie. So um, buckle your seatbelts, nerds. Uh, which one of these is the right one? Okay, here we go. Pedal Genie is like the Netflix of guitar pedals. Rent any pedal you want for as long as you want for one low monthly price. Shipping is included and there are no late fees or time limits. With over 1,500 pedals to try from nearly 100 different manufacturers, Pedal Genie definitely has the gear you want to try. Subscriptions start with Flex at just $19.95 a month. Try out one pedal at a time for as long as you want. Send it back when you're ready for the next one. For only $39.95 a month, the standard subscription includes shipping, so you could have a different pedal every few days. If one isn't enough for you, Pedal Genie Pro gets you three pedals at a time for only $64.95 a month. Shipping included. There's a subscription for everyone and best of all, your first month is free. If you find the pedal of your dreams, the one you just have to keep, Pedal Genie will offer you a buyout option. Prices vary with the length of your membership and the type of pedal, but you'll definitely get an awesome price for the pedal in your hand. So head to pedalgenie.com to fill up your wish list with pedals, and they'll send out your first pedal ASAP. Pedal Genie, all your pedal wishes granted. <laughs> Excellence. Uh, my goodness. Just, it's a strong night here in the chat, folks. Um, they're still going. They're still going. Wow. Oh, I like that with the horn. Yep. Yep. That was wild. Oh my goodness. Um, so Justin, talk to me about the Aguilar DB599. I will talk to you about the Aguilar DB599. So um, I have not plugged this in yet. I just have it sitting right here next to me. Um, it's like compressor clicking. time on the tone control. It's compressor time. So I figure this won't take me very long. It's a bass pedal, so I dug a bass out. Cool. Um, our Lord. And um, I just need to hook it up and... All right. Um, and then switch over. I think I will turn a bass amp on. Cool. Oh, you can already hear it. All right. So we need to turn that off and this. I didn't on. know Aguilar made such small pedals. This is cool. I didn't know they did the mini thing. Yeah, I hadn't seen anything like this like either. <laughs> um, let's use the bright channel. 
What's going on? What so, am I missing? Some, some I, good I gifts are still happening here. It's it's a good time. All right. I think we'll use that. We need to turn this up. Loud and clear. Audible for you guys. All right. All right. All right. Let's. Uh, this is the, so we've got two controls. We've got gain and compression. So anyway, so with it off, we'll. This is just with the um, SVT um, VR cool. amp that's in um, Apollo. So you know, sixties bass amp. All right, let's compress. I gotta make up. A, so okay, so with everything at noon. It feels to me like when I raise the compression level, it just makes it very, very quiet. So I'm, I'm sort of like bringing a threshold mm-hmm. down, and I got to make up for that with the gain. There, it's smoothing out. Yeah. In fact, when I when I ha- when I dime them both, it's still quieter than when the pedal's <laughs> off, even with the gain all the way uh, up. So that's okay. interesting. So it says here it's tailored around the specific needs of bass players and it utilizes musically appropriate compression ratios and attack release parameters. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know how much of this is coming across on Discord, but I will tell you what I can feel. Okay. Because I'm, I'm messing around with like hitting it lightly and hitting it harshly. All right, so we'll click it back on. Now, as usual, you can still hear the difference mm-hmm. um, in in it, but the attack stays right, right there. So I'm using quite a lot of compression, and I'm maxing out the gain on this thing. Um, and it's that's what I'm getting is, you know, when I hear them saying like musically appropriate, that means probably kind of a slowish attack to let that that snap come through. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting that, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a P plosive at the beginning of every note. Oh yes. Yes. I hear what you're saying. So it's obviously, this is going to be much better in post because discord does. I do hear it evening things out overall though. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, this is kind of like why I didn't um, demo the pedal last time because it was like compressors. It's I'm basically having to describe to you what you're hearing, yeah. um, but that's the that's the thing that I can get, and I think it's even more obvious on bass than it might be for guitar tones. Sometimes is that sometimes what you're doing with the compressor is you're getting that extra bit of snap. That's almost like the the thing that I'm liking best out of this. Like there's a little bit of evening of level, um, which is good, but what I like about using a compressor on a bass is letting that note attack poke through louder than the rest mm-hmm. of the note um, because bass has a tendency to get buried, yeah. you know, uh, lost in things. You know, it's sitting there, it's the foundation, but to be able to actually hear the notes, um, it helps a ton. It's Click it on. It's interesting to me, though, that, like, you've got it totally dimed and... I do find it interesting that when I well, I, I actually backed the compression okay. off a little bit well, because still, it was like, it was making it kind of quiet. But if I dime it, 
Um, so here's off. We'll just compare. So I'm going to try to play the same way. It's, and I don't know how much Discord for you, for you guys live, I don't know if it's evening out the level, but it's quieter. I, I can tell it's quieter. It doesn't seem dramatic, but it is quieter. Uh, and it's like, yeah. the it does what's, what compressors do. It just feels a little smoother overall. I'll have to listen to it once we publish, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay. But that, but that, that attack, that snap of the attack comes through. Um, I think it's, what, what did I, what did I, hold on, where's my note sheet here? 169. Oh, all right. I mean, that's um, not crazy. That's not crazy. It's not crazy cheap. No. Um, Aguilar is a premium brand, though. I, I, I mean, mean, it's... Right. Yeah. So for me, I would... Let's see. What what would I what would I do with this and why would I need this? I For me, like, I love a bass tone. Like, I love a simplicity to it. Like, a sans amp is kind of all I need for most situations and or some other kind of thing that's doing that you know yeah. a, a bit of a bit of sculpting and a bit of distortion really um if i have that i don't think i need this but i don't know together that might be better than just this by itself mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so it's 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 interesting um but i'm also not in a position where i'm like outfitting a base rig so it's hard for me to issue judgment yeah. on that um I think this what what's really great about this is the simplicity. Um, I do feel like it's quieter than it ought to be, and I wonder. Is there any sort of internal? Because I'm just using the that's just a passive J bass yeah. that I'm playing into it. Well, there's so not, a, not a lot it's of not in, like oh, here's I a have, manual. Here we go. Um, studio quiet with no artifacts. I mean, it doesn't. It was. I mean, I could hear a little bit of noise when I had it. You know, in fact, it's it's still yeah. on. I, I can't hear that now, but yeah, I mean, there's no. It doesn't look like there's any internal controls or anything like that. You know what it is? When I bring the guitar close to my computer, oh, yeah, <laughs> hear that? It's 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 activating the magnets. So, but without that, uh, let me put it back over here. I mean, it's really, it's really mm-hmm. subtle, and that's with the controls maxed. So yeah, it's extremely Good. quiet. That's that's true. That's a sign because most compressors are going to be noisy uh, if they're cheap. Um, so good job cool. on that. So yeah, input output staggered so they can get this really small design, this little half width nice. thing going on. Runs on nine volt DC. Excellent. Um, I like it. Um, so. I had the Randy's Revenge, and then I just sent it back. You know, I just wasn't feeling it. Just it's not it. that I wasn't feeling the pedal. I, I just wanted to kind of move on. I had had it for like a month and a half between the <laughs> yeah. schedule of the so circumstances. Yeah, got in and the I way. was just like, I just uh, I need to get this out of here because like getting a new pedal will help me kind of restart the tone control machine, so to speak. But yeah, um, right. I don't have a pedal this week. Sorry about it, guys, you know, but I, I, I was like, oh, I'm going to package it up and send it back. And I just needed to get it out and get something in here before we're away on vacation. And like, you know, so mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. all. Um, Randy's Revenge okay. is not a bad pedal, um, obviously, like we kind of touched on that, but uh, I just was not feeling creative with it. So send yeah. it back. Yeah. Uh, no worries. Um, I just realized I have to flip one more switch to switch off of base mode. And then, um, so thanks to Pedal Genie, 
um, for being our, our stalwart supporters, no matter whether we feel like we just had a pedal for too long or whether we just opened up out of the box and <laughs> whatever it takes. Um, so thanks. Uh, go there and, and tell them you heard about it on the tone control. And now I'm going to now for something completely different. Justin demo. I don't think so, is it? Pretty sure. Yeah, I feel like that's oh, a new demo. Right. Is that um is it a, you a might get this mercy one. seat pedal? Is that what they're no? Nope. Do you want me to give you sure. the brand? I'm not good at this anymore. I'm uh, good at the weird ones because they're so iconic, you know. <laughs> the weird ones. Um O E I wrote. Um Hold on. O-E. Uh, Origin effects. Yeah, this is definitely a meme I'm demo. I'm not familiar. Oh, this was this was kind of a a, a special one. I don't know. Uh, Origin effects. Um, so they they um this is the revival. Oh. Drive. So this was the one that was like a guitar amp oh, modeling. Yeah. Oh man, system, I knew that. Okay. Except in analog yeah. on a pedal. It's the seven hundred dollar. Yeah. So. Two channel. Yeah. Uh, again, amp friend and patron thing. of the show, Eric, just bought the, not just bought, but has the Revival Compact, which is the one side of that pedal. And he right. says it's yep. just the greatest. Yeah, it was on the edge of me even being able to figure out how to do it. And and then I, I looked for a YouTube video, like, I got to learn, I got to figure this out, right? I need to do justice to this. Um, and the YouTube video where experts at mm-hmm. demoing pedals tried to figure it out and make the best use of it was like almost three <laughs> hours long. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to leave it yeah. to you guys. Um, so, uh, what are we, what are we maybe doing instead? Um, so Derek? a long time ago, what on we earth got is sent, this? uh, from the lovely person, <laughs> the lovely one person at 37 effects sent us the tombstone treble boost to make a video on, and that video is up on the channel, so go check that out. I'm really happy with how it came out. Uh, it was kind of a, my Super first foray into like really tracking and filming that tracking and doing all of that together. And uh, so the, yeah. the Tombstone is a treble booster from 37 Effects Tone Control Hall of Fame here, right? So the the Fat Guy Little Coat, <laughs> uh, the Fuzz pedal from 37 Effects. Everyone here loves that thing, and this the Tombstone is like the second. It's a little slut it's, of a Oh, pedal, man, everybody in the chat has one. It's so good, right? <laughs> I, I, I plugged mine in, like, last week or something. It still just shreds. Oh, man, is it good. Okay, so the Tombstone is a treble booster. It is, uh, you can go watch the video, so we're going to kind of run through all of that quickly, but it's a classic treble boost kind of sound, but it has some added functionality mm-hmm. that I think makes it a little more usable than most treble boost style circuits. So in the picture on the site, you can see there's a big volume knob that's just for your boost level. And then there's a little toggle switch that goes between three modes. Uh, Daisy, if you do, which is in the middle, is classic treble boost mode. Yeah. Lots of high end, sucks the low end way out. And then it's also doubling as a boost, so it's you know louder and all that. Um, Smoke Wagon is fat mode one, and Street Howitzer is fat mode two. Okay, so both of these, yeah, both of these fat modes add low end 
back into the signal while still doing the treble boost thing on top. So you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Uh, okay. And I personally really enjoyed <laughs> Fat Mode 1, as I mentioned in the demo. Uh, this pedal is $135. They're currently sold out, but Doug's working on a new batch, so you can get that going on the website. I think he's got a newsletter or something like that, but follow him on Instagram and you'll get all the info you need. It's in this really sweet... Um, or what is this, like a trapezoidal? This is upside down because of my wires on my desk. But like the shape of the pedals. Yeah, it's a little it, bit uh, trapezoidal. Yeah, it's cool. Um, friend of the show, old friend of ours, Alex uh, of Copper Sound Pedals, Alex Garaldi of Copper Sound Pedals, designed the PCB for this. Yeah, oh, nice. so it's not a conjunction with Copper Sound necessarily, but Alex is uh, doing this like... I don't know if he's consulting or if he's doing like design work or something like that. I haven't talked to him a ton about it, but he, uh, yeah. if you open up the case, it says on the little PCB, which is matched to fit the case. It's, it's trapezoidal too. That's, that's, a, that's yeah, the details, it says, right? You know, that's what, you, that's what we come to know. Corn, it's like designed by Alex <laughs> and, and it's just a nice little, the tone control <laughs> family's coming together. So anyway, I've got my guitar here. I've got the helix plugged in and I thought we would just kind of, we are quite the matchmakers. Would, uh, how is it so affordable then? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, the fat guy little coat, I think you can get one for 70 bucks. It's absurdly cheap and sounds absurdly good. So whatever uh, Doug is doing over there, you know, like don't tell him. (laughs) Okay. Oh, yeah, I said I would leave my guitar and drop D. Okay, so I've got Helix here because we might do this cab thing later. Um. All right, so my amp today, this is it says mail order twin. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know which amp that is. <laughs> but I think it sounds pretty good. But I'm here playing my FMT telly. Um, just got this going. It's a double humbucker telly thing. Yep. Okay, so that's my, my clean tone, my bypass tone. I'm going to turn this on into uh, Daisy if you do, which is regular travel boost mode. And the knob, the the level knob is just below noon. So it's it it's all highs, you know, it's all there. It's it's very bright. It's it kind of it just like crushes through, you know. It's it, it's very it's very pronounced. I mean, I, I I sometimes I think about treble boosters as being almost like non effects, like, and I that's obviously wrong. Yeah, well, it's not um, an EQ but, either. You know, it's kind of something else. Yeah. Okay, so let's hop into yeah. um, Smoke Wagon. Here we go. Into uh, am I doing this right? Yeah, up into street howitzers, fat mode too, with all the lows added back in. Chat's saying, yeah, it sounds very, it sounds very yeah, it fuzz. Does. On our yeah, it's least. that's what it sounds like here. I mean, um, let's just change amps. Yeah. Let's just mess around. 
I, I remember I remember feeling it that way about the YouTube. Yeah, I mean you did too. the mix like, on it, so like <laughs> <laughs> Well I didn't add fuzz. Yeah. That's no, 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 no. But I mean like no. so you you know what, what this sounds like from before. Um all right, let's I'm hopping yeah. into a JTM forty five bright channel. Vaguely tool like that's an interesting comment. Yeah. Because like um um he had he had tended to have there we go. I can hear myself. Tones that were light on low end, I would describe. Yeah. Like you favored cleanness, right? Adam right. Jones favored precision over thickness necessarily. Okay, so I'm now into the um, the bright channel of a JTM 45. I boosted the level a little bit, so this might okay. let me just double check my logic, but I'm not going to destroy this. Uh, and I'm still in street howitzer <laughs> mode, which is fat mode too. <laughs> Juice it up a little. Juice in the pedal. <laughs> Down to regular treble boost mode. Yeah, I mean, it's got it all, you know? Hmm. Here's it's, the bypass yeah. again. So. You can hear it doing that. It's certainly doing the treble thing. Obviously, it's pulling those lows out. I think the yeah. real thing that this pedal does best is the are those fat modes. Um, I really like having the availability of, of a boost that uh, it's making you louder, for one thing, for leads, but it's also bringing those highs up so you can really just slice through that mix, no problem. Yeah. But it's not ice picky. It's not harsh. It's still got the, you can bring in the lows again, those low mids, if you want to just give it a little oomph. And so uh, it, yeah. it, the demo was really fun uh, because I was like able to pair it with a bunch of other overdrives I have in the house and stuff. Um, one of my most favorite settings was this paired with the EP booster running into it really hard. Just cool stuff, you know, and, and Doug was kind enough to yeah. also send me his lollygagger Canalia. So we really have the hall of fame going tonight. <laughs> and, uh, that paired with this, it just screams, you know, it's a cool pedal. Mm -hmm. It's a cool, cool pedal. Awesome. So that's the, uh, the tombstone treble boost, uh, go check out the video. Uh, we meant to throw this on the show a long time ago and things just got away from us. So Apologies if you've been waiting for this. Apologies to Doug for taking so long. I'm sure he's been wondering. Um, it's it's more than a one trick pony, and you know, trouble boosters tend to fall in that category a lot. It's, it's a, a good trick, yeah, too. It's, so. it's cool. Okay, so um, before awesome. we do suggestions of the week, do you want to like do a quick experiment on this cab thing? Yeah. How, how quickly? Let's can see. You that uh, I'm gonna turn off this impulse response, and then here. I wish I could like okay. easily share my screen with you, but you'll just have to take my word for it. Um, so I'm going to go. You could switch Discord to showing your screen and it would take the place of your camera. Would that be helpful? Do people want to see I Helix? I don't care if you do that or not. I don't know. Do people want to see Helix? Show of hands. I would. Okay. Um, All right. How do, how do I do that? Do um, so. Oh, wait, here we go. Share would, my screen. Um, oh, I can share just Helix. Here we go. Let's do that. Um, I'm going to. No, let's see if it if it replaces your camera with it I'm or click go live we'll see it might add another screen to the feed oh no i have to click through to that can you 
Oh, this might work. I, I maybe okay, shouldn't have we said can, this. Well, I'll just <laughs> because I've got. I I may have to like draw a little. No, no, box we'll, we'll or... do it for next time. Um, okay, so I've got. Okay. I'll stay on this JTM forty-five. Here's what that sounds like with no cab. If anyone's curious. <laughs> um, the sound that could never really okay, exist. Okay, so let's go to cabs. Um, what should I do? Like a 412 with, let's say, greenback 25s, okay? And as long as you know you have something that's a 212 with greenback 25s. Oh, back good 25s. point. Um, oh, wait, I, put, I right. picked 20. Hang on. Um, 212. Um, dang. Uh, they're not really labeled like that. So I've got like I've got two separate vintage thirty cabs, but they're both four twelves. Um, well, that's that's a, a different yeah. problem for us <laughs> to bounce between. Uh, I've got a bunch of one twelves, but they're they're just kind of like I'd have to look up what the equivalent is. So like the one twelve lead eighty. I can look up. I don't I don't have anything here that says eighty. Um, look up the one twelve Cali four. Like I, Roman numeral four. 112. That'd be a, a Mesa thing. Four. Yeah, so Mesa boogie. Um, uh, you want me to tell you what the speaker is? If you can. Uh, this isn't a good sign. Oh, you. That's what this sounds like, by the way. Is it is it the is it the Mark IV? It just says one one twelve Cali Mark IV cab. Because there's probably an amp that is the Mark. Um, yeah, so I do have a Cali Mark IV cab. Handmade in, or sorry, amp. Handmade in California. Okay, so this um, this one twelve is. But I'm. Come on, Mesa. I'm on their site. But I'm wondering what Helix based it on. Not necessarily what. Well, it must. It must have been this, right? Well, this is. How would else would we find? <clears throat> and what out? Helix so, model? Okay. Oh, you want me to look up? Maybe. Okay. One twelve Cali five. Cali four. Helix. Four. Sorry. Helix model. This um, might not be a little more complicated than we thought, but um, maybe. So I've got a two twelve with blue bells, which I think would be um, Celestium blues, El, El Nico blue. Yeah. Um. But you're not going to find those in the no. 412. I've got green. I've got two 412s that are greenback 20s and then greenback 25s. Oh, Doug's Doug's got all the links. Oh yeah. What do we got here? Okay. Um, oh, guitar all right, tabs. So find Cali. Cali for lead. That's the, that's the amp. Well, this that's tell not me the anything. cab. This is great. This is great uh, YouTube. They're not telling me about cabs. Am I? Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm not even. This isn't even uh, on screen. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> should I put my random searching on screen? I don't think I should. Uh, these are guitar amps. So where's cabs? Bass amps. Mic. Mic amps. Oh, like the, oh, the studio. Interesting. Uh, oh, here we go. Helix cabinet models. Um, find Cali, the Cali 412. Cali, um, I've got, oh, Cali here we go. Power. Cali 412 V30. Oops, what did I just do? 
it doesn't say what speaker it is. It just says it's a 412 Mesa Boogie 4FB V30. Well, V30 is probably so Vintage probably 30. Vin- Vintage 30s. All right, well, this is not going as well as I'd hoped. Well, here's the J. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously Vintage 30s. The question is, like, is it? comparable Other, to a yeah. 212 with vintage 30s right um uh, okay let me go to the 212 sections so this is just for fun this is the jtm 45 with the 412 vintage 30 okay um here's my suggestion yeah. derek uh the 212 interstate is based on a 212 Dr. Z that has vintage oh, okay. 30s. Okay, so... We'll, we'll so let's run that head-to-head against... As long as you can get us the same mic, then the Cali V30. Okay, so by default, these two cabs use two different mics, So the which I can change. Okay. The 412 is defaulted with a 160 ribbon, it's labeled as. And, and then the yep. 212 is a 421 dynamic. Okay, so those are completely different. So let's change them both to be 421 dynamic. Or we could do whatever. We could change them both to a 57. Um, Okay, so here is, so we'll go with the dynamic (laughs) for now. Um, Let me just compare. Okay. So things like mic distance and low cuts and high cuts, should that all be the same? All right, so I'll make the mic distance. And it probably doesn't matter what they are as long as they're the same. Uh, 80 hertz. Yeah, the rest is the same. Okay, great. Okay, so this is the JTM 45 bright channel into the 412 Cali V30. Twelve, same stuff. Uh, let me put this on a foot switch, and then I'll put this one also on the same foot switch. Well, that should toggle the two. Yeah, here we go. Okay, so right now, the one... Make me guess. You think this... Oh, wait. wait, I'm changing my mind. The one you ended on there... I'm, so this, I'm not changing it now. Which one do you think this is? I think that's the 412. Switching. Yeah. And that's, I think the 412 has more. You are. Back to my edit screen. Correct. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> I think I sort of cheated, though, because I heard when you were setting them up. Okay. And I could tell right away that the 412 had, had what more What if we bottom. change amps? Like, do you want to go that route and see if you can guess again? Let's change amps. Okay. <laughs> Is this worse? Are no, you not yet. Again? Okay. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Okay. Wow. I think. That one of them had like a, a, a really kind of shrill mid-range. Uh, which I think... <laughs> yeah. I think that's going to be the 212. This this one here? Well, I don't know. Back again. That's the 212, yes. All right. Okay, so it, it, and and th- so that one, it was less about the low end, but there was this sort of like honk that came yeah. up out of the 212, whereas the 412 was more flat or something. Let's do this so again. Let's do one word. more. I'm going to throw a curveball your way. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not like tweaking any other amp settings or anything like that. And we're still using the same, same cabs, cab. but I have just changed the mic, and I want to see how this goes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I want to see okay. if you can guess the mic, too. Just so one of the cabs has no, a No, they both have mic. the same mic, but that mic is now different. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, this, well, just for the fun of it, this amp is the uh, Matchstick Jump, which is a jumped matchless. <laughs> So you changed the mic on same both cabs, cabs, different mic. So, so right, but the they're but, still so sharing the, the same the, type the of mic. cab is still the only difference. Yeah, and we changed yeah. amps just for fun. Yeah. Okay, and you want to know what that? So that mic that was it was dark. I think that that's probably. I I think it's. Okay. Yeah, like I, I'm the the top end is much less. Harsh. It's a fifty-seven. It's a 50. <laughs> okay, not nearly as big a difference as I thought it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, so anyway, can you guess which cab is which here? That's the four twelve. Yeah, the yeah, hunkier yeah, yeah. one's the two twelve. Cool, man. So they definitely have a different sound as far as, at least as far as Helix yeah, is concerned. Yeah. Like, assuming these are really good models, then this would be what you'd get if you um, controlled for the loudness, right, right. basically. Um, not the most scientific test, of course, but it's pretty fun, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and predicated on, on uh, precision scientific work done by right, other people right. that we did not ask them to do and they did not claim to do. 
<laughs> so yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I have no idea if they were really concerned with making it so precise that we could do this yeah. test, or if they were more concerned with making it sound good, which I kind of yeah. think was. Are they more concerned their, with it sounding good or focus. being right? <laughs> right, exactly. I know what I would do if I were making yeah. music. Um, okay, that was fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, all right, and I, I could have played a sound for that, but I didn't. And so, anyway, uh, I'm going to play a sound okay. now. That's the JHS unicorn because I accidentally... Looked at the thing. Yeah, you I did. Well, I was like, oh, oh shit. I was going to say, I was you just sort of like it. aimlessly <laughs> highlighting. I was like, oh, there it is. That was stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so suggestions of yeah. the week. Um, it's a good segment. People are, everybody's talking about it. Has anybody everybody's talked about, talking about it? Everybody's talking about it, dude. Everybody's Everybody. talking about it. Derek, what do you have uh, The for Pomodoro me? technique, sometimes called the Pomodoro method. Um, this is a... If you say Pomodoro method, though, it sounds like something you would do, like either to have a baby or to oh, not see, have a baby or to birth a baby. Or, you mm. know what I mean? Method, just the whole thing. That that word okay. is for that, okay. as far as uh, in my Pomodoro brain. technique. It's a like a work productivity <laughs> thing. Um, I don't yeah. use it all the time, but the the gist of it is when you're. I love this section on the site uh, tags. <laughs> Low, low commitment, popular, time management, <laughs> procrastination. Oh, shoot. Apple is defining focus. something for me. Okay, um, here we go. Focus. focus. Uh, I, I, people use this at work. They use I use it for schoolwork specifically um, when I'm really not mm-hmm. into what I'm doing. Um, that, that's kind of the detail. Because if I'm enjoying what okay. I'm doing, I don't have a hard time focusing on it. But when I do have a hard time focusing, I, do, I use the Pomodoro technique, which is uh, you you work in short sprints and then you take breaks like pre- prescriptive scheduled breaks. So the the model okay. that works for me is twenty five and five. So twenty five minutes of work, five minutes of break, twenty five minutes of work, and then you do that four times, mm-hmm. and then you get like a thirty minute break, like a longer form break to to really okay. step away. And th- well, that fits into like a typical workday. It does. Well too. Um, for my work schedule and the the type of work that I'm doing, that doesn't that model doesn't always apply. So I'm, I tend to be a little more flexible with it. But for things like research papers with school, that I'm really not enjoying the work, um, having that break on the horizon, where I'm like, well, I know in you know 17 minutes I get to look at distortion pedals on the internet. You know, I, I get this sort of relief. <laughs> you know, like I know there's something like I can just take a minute and look at and read something I want to read or watch a video demo, watch somebody on YouTube just for a few minutes, and like it takes the edge off the uh, anxiety and the the pressure of staying focused because I don't have to stay focused. You know. I only have to yeah. commit to these short bursts, which is much easier. And if I'm really feeling like, oh, I'm frustrated with this assignment or with this this task at work, I can look at the clock and say like six more minutes, you know, whatever it is, just power through. Then I then I win a break, right? I am allowed a break. And and do you know what I mean? And <laughs> and it feels, it feels like, like a win. A win. Yeah. And then when the the buzzer rings to get back to work, it's just like. Okay, back in it. New break coming soon. And it it reframes the thinking of work and like feeling the pressure of work no matter what the type. So 
I got an app for it. Um, you can do this with just like your watch if you want, but I got an app called Focus Keeper and you can set your work time and break times to be whatever you want. So if 25 is too long or too short, you can adjust accordingly to whatever jives with you. Yeah, Brad. and it's been really helpful because the last course I was in was not great for me. I I really disliked working on it. Yeah. So I was really looking for a thing to sort of like, you know, hack, I hate that term, but like hack my brain to to work a yeah. little bit better, to <laughs> to maintain focus a little bit better because it was so easy to just like drift off and Oh, I just, uh, a fleeting thought, like, I wonder what those cost on Reverb these days and just like head to it and check. And then it's been 15 minutes and I haven't been working and uh, I should be working. And it makes the whole, the whole problem worse, you know? Um, yeah. But leaning into a method like this, which is really just timing, has been really helpful. So that's my recommendation. Yeah. I, people use it all the time for, for all kinds of work. I particularly thrive with it on work I don't want to do. So try that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely like when I'm thinking about this, I, I, there's a lot of my work that I, this isn't going to be concerned yeah. for. Like I, I really don't have trouble concentrating. There are times when there is some like kind of editing work that is so dull that it doesn't really matter if I'm into the content mm-hmm. or not. Like I'm just going to be, or, or it's just the wrong time mm-hmm. of the day. You know what I mean? It's just, I have to keep working on this, but it's like three in the afternoon and I'm mm-hmm. slumping, you know? And it's, I, I, this would be a perfect time for something like this where it's like, it's out of my hands. I don't have to go, Oh, should I take a break at this? You know? And like, yeah, the thing that's, yeah, I could see that the thing really that's um, audio books. I'm thinking, right. Of, the thing know? that's tough with it though is, if it's working and you are hitting a stride and then your timer dings to take a break, what do you do? Yeah. And I'm sure there's guidance on what to do here. Um, I have very quickly wrapped up, like if I'm writing an essay, this is just the most recent example that I use this for, for mm-hmm. school. Uh, I would just sort of ramble out the last sentence that I was going with and being like, note to self, basically continue, You'll continue with this idea. And it's just like quick, even bullet points. And then I can just, put it away for five minutes and just watch a YouTube video about hand drums or something. (laughs) Just to like take my mind (laughs) off the thing I don't want to be focusing on. And like I said, it's the knowing that there's a break coming and I've like kind of earned it is really nice. So cool. Awesome. What's yours? All right. I watched, Um, I came up with a real one earlier today. Did you watch it? it Okay. Did it, is it exciting for um, you? There's a few moments in it. Let's, well, why don't you just explain what it is? <laughs> okay. Okay, so I, I don't quite remember how I fell into this, but like I said earlier, my YouTube, because I was signed into my own YouTube account, like my random shit, shit that comes up in my feed, um, I, have a, I definitely have a type, and I get, it will send me random space stuff, physics stuff, things like this. So the, the, the thing that captured my mind last week and I haven't really been able to stop thinking about (laughs) is non-Euclidean geometry. (laughs) Okay. So this is what I do before I fall asleep. So this is a little insight into my brain is like, when I go to bed, I sit there with my phone. You know how you're not supposed to like, look at your phone before you fall asleep. Well, frig (laughs) that. I look up, I look at my phone until the moment my eyes close and I'm fucking fine. Okay. I sleep great. (laughs) But I, I like punch my mind in the face with something like this. So non-Euclidean geometry and I'm linking to a YouTube video. This, um, this channel is, is code parade. This guy, 
uh, is happens to be working on a game um, that is going to exist within a, a, a non-Euclidean world, within a hyperbolic plane specifically. So the, the video I'm linking to explains non-Euclidean geometry in, in ways with visualizations that are really easy to understand um, and talks about details. I'm sort of trying to p- parse through. And like he starts out talking about like, like we live in a, in a three-dimensional world um, and in a three-dimensional Euclidean geometry, like s- parallel lines are parallel lines and shapes are shapes. And um, we start to get into, if I could skip ahead, like he says, now, if, if you if you imagine that 2D plane and you bend it into a sphere, like this grid that I, I, I found the spot in the video, this is not a ball that has something mm-hmm. inside of it. The, there is no space here. So if we're imagining it's a flat plane. So if you were this, if you were a being that lived in this world, you would just see flatness, right? Yeah. So but, I, this is the stuff that I watched and I was like, oh, I get it. No, I don't. Yes, I do. And, and like went back and forth <laughs> a few times. I'm like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. That part doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, right, it, well, because the, the thing is, like, we we don't exist in a world like that, so you can't really. So, so he's creating like ways to sort of imagine it. But um, it, the the point is that like, if you were in this different space, straight lines behave differently. And he goes onto this, you know, Euclidean um, in a Euclidean ge- geometric world, certain shapes can tile infinitely, like squares. You can fit four squares mm-hmm. to a corner. Um, but when we get into non-Euclidean geometry, like he explains how you can't fit four pentagons mm-hmm. together, no matter what you do. But in hyper, in, in, if you put it onto spherical space, you can. So here's them on the surface of a sphere. You can fit five. You can fit a lot more different things. And those are all straight lines, even when they turn into actual mm-hmm. spheres like this. Like those are triangles. Yes. And they're straight lines. So, but straight lines appear to bend to us. Okay, so that's the thing. Like in our world, we see we see a line bending, but that's because the space is bent, not the shape. But then so then we get into hyperbolic space where everything is opposite. And he even creates this thing. His wife creates this crochet. And what what she's done is she's made this out of squares, but she's crocheted so that five squares meet at every corner. That's hyperbolic space. So, and and it's this thing that can't exist in our reality. So it's all curly and weird because yeah, there's like, more I, space in the demo. There. Like as you flatten it out, other areas wrinkle, and you just yeah. can't fix it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it can't exist in our world like as a flat thing. But if you were in a hyperbolic plane, it would be flat. Um, but the thing about hyperbolic and spherical, if you go in either either non-Euclidean direction, there is no such thing as parallel lines. And this is really great because like on a spherical world, any parallel lines will eventually cross. Mm. And in a hyperbolic space, any parallel line will diverge infinitely and never cross, but but they'll never be parallel. There's They're only ever lined up at any point. So anyway, it, it's, it's this fantastic thing. It keeps going. I think I... I think I broke the video. So, I made it. I, I tried to reload I'm it too gonna, many times. I'm going to anyway. bring this back around to guitars for a second because this this was a brain okay. dump. It was very interesting. I, I checked it out and like there's every every now and then there was like I didn't understand anything he just said, but I'm going to just keep watching and then so anyway. Yeah. Um, the most recent Helix update they added something called Euclidean delay. Okay, so this is probably the golden ratio delay, right? Uh, 
Um, so no repeat ever overlaps. Well, I have it here. You want to hear it? Yeah. Uh, let me just make sure this is. Oops. That back on. So the golden ratio is also a way that you can design the acoustics in a room so that you never get any overlapping. So what's uh, interesting here is there's a parameter called step time, and that's like your. It's 136 milliseconds, but my feedback is at zero right now. I'm going to bring the mix up just so we can really hear what's happening. This is zero okay. feedback. And that's with eight steps. Okay. Then I've got things like fill and okay. rotate, and it, it gets really weird. So let me bring this down to four steps. We'll go up to 12 steps. But I only heard four things. I'll go change the rotate to five, let's say. <laughs> change, uh, we'll get messing around with some stuff here and we'll see where we end up. the speed a little oh okay it's 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 sort it's like the opposite of what okay. i thought it was so it's it's not it's not the golden it's not that they're yeah. missing each other it's the opposite it's the most even division of any gap of time so it's like precisely <laughs> dividing them it's like it's precisely dividing them into uh even chunks so if you say 12 it's going to be like exactly twelfths. yeah no matter what So I've increased the feedback a little here. And that's when it starts to repeat more like a delay pedal. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. So we can make some of that sound. Yes. Let's run a little bit more. So crazy. <laughs> so this is only two steps, but with a fill of, of let's go to sixteen. It kind of makes it, it, it's, it seems like a good way to make drones and stuff. I think so. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I, I have not really messed with it very much. Anyway, 
That's cool. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, if if you're interested in um, mathematical mind fucks, um, like I am, <laughs> uh, check it out. He and the guy the guy is working on um, a game, and there's a bunch of other videos on this channel. The game's still in development, but a bunch it's like an adventure game. A bunch of other videos on the channel where he was exploring building a 3D engine because he has to make a new 3D engine that has has these oh, properties. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and there's some videos on here where he's exploring different ways of doing things. So there's like simple you know, impossible things that he's doing with this, with certain rooms. So you, you have a square house and you go in and it's divided into what takes up the space of four quadrants, except he's made the house. So it only has three rooms. So you go in forward, right, right. And then you're out when you should be about to head into the fourth room. You're actually back at the entrance already. (laughs) And so it's like, you got to watch him walk through it and go, Oh, what? (laughs) And like things like that, like a room where, you know, it's a hallway and you look at it from the side and it's this long, but from the inside, it's like 30 feet long and strange things that can't exist. So it's a, it's a crazy YouTube channel. And if you like it, I would love you to tell me in discord, (laughs) so that we can have some camaraderie because I imagine this is going to click for like 1% of people <laughs> or something. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's my thing. Um, and that's, that's all I have. Excellent. That's all I have. I'm glad we're wrapping up because something managed to just like fly into my nose and I've, I've, I'm, okay. I'm a boogery lil today. So um, yeah, let's, let's get out of here. Um, what do you say? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, if you like the show, please rate and review and and strum that like button oh, on dang. YouTube. I just realized something. Uh, um, you you keep what? vamping. I got to update our patrons list because okay. we got a new patron um, today. So. Well, I was trying to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and and find us on Discord. It's discord.io/slash tone control. Um, that'll bring you right to us. And we have oh, technically two new patrons. That's right. Sort of. Yeah. One was. Um, a, where sort did of. I put this email? That's fine. Um, well, in that case, our, our other gifted patron is not in the list. So um, I'm going to have to update that at some point. Why can't I find this? Yeah. Keep vamping, Justin. I don't know. Okay. So anyway, find us in Discord. It's a fun place to chat and hang out. Uh, and if you really like the show and you want to support, we are on Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Tone Control, uh, where you can uh, donate to the show and help us keep the lights on, so to speak, and help us do fun things. There are some fun things on the way, by the way. Uh, some, I'll, I'll spill it. Some some special things that maybe patrons are going to get that they didn't even know they were going to get. So hope you um, uh, live somewhere. <laughs> hope, hope you because <laughs> we're going to need that sweet sweet address pretty soon. <laughs> hope you live somewhere. Uh, okay. So anyway, um, the, for for just for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, and we will thank you graciously and read your name out. Uh, and in the thank yous at the end of absolutely every episode. Um, but if you want to go for two or more dollars per month, you will be a supporter plus, and then you get a special role in discord where you can listen live to the show uh, and possibly get some other secret stuff that, that uh, hasn't happened yet. But uh, those, <clears throat> excuse me, those pat- I'm going to put on my patron reading voice. The patrons this week include brand new Carson Ricketts, Nick Greenwood, T- Timmy S. Quish- oh, that's, sorry, that's, that's your guy from uh, yeah. 
I know yeah. who that is. Tim. That's yeah, Tim. I don't know his last name, anyway. but that's, that's him. Timmy, Timmy, yes, I don't know his last name either. Sorry. Uh, Matthew Fenslaw, Risenwolf, Jamie. See, I know Risenwolf's name too, but if he didn't put yeah. it on Patreon, then I'm going to read the name he yeah. put on Patreon, you know? Um, Jamie Evans, Jeffrey Wright, Doug King, Doug Gann, Righteous Ryan Johnson, Steve Huffman, Jonas Sabatini, Eric Giwabaldi, <laughs> Andrew Walsh from Andrew's Alcove, OG friend of the show, Brian Rizzi, Doug Christ of 37 Effects, Sean Wright of Lollygagger Effects, and Brian Gower and Kyle McIntyre of the Tone Jerks Podcast. Thank you all ever so much for your support. Excellence. Um, yeah, so super quick before we take off, I want to give an extra shout out to Doug Gann, who has been gifting Patreon subscriptions to folks in the server, which is super rad. He just keeps upping his patron membership to us and says like, I'm gifting this to at so-and-so. And then blam, they're in the server and they're like, they can come hang out in the chat and stuff. So Doug, extra mega shout out. That's super kind of you. And uh, yeah, that is a thing that we will support. If, if you want to be gifting subs to people to just check it out uh, or just a month or something like that, yeah, do it up. We'll, we'll communicate all that around. So, do it up. excellent. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. So thanks. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Peace.